This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, one of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. This episode is brought to you by Physician CEO. Finally, a business program for busy doctors just like you. Get the skills of branding, marketing, entrepreneurship, and combine those with your gifts as a physician. Be known as a doc outside the box and define your future. Learn more at physician-ceo.com forward slash D-O-T-B. Welcome to Doc's Outside the Box Podcast. This is your official show, looking inside the minds of cutting edge and innovative doctors. Think you'll find these stories in any medical textbook? Sorry. You're getting real life insight from men and women pushing the envelope beyond medicine. Ordinary doctors doing extraordinary things. Let's start now with your host, Dr. Nee Darko. All right, what's good, everyone? This is Dr. Nee. I'm here with Dr. Renee. We're doing another conversation, Docs Outside the Box Convo. Yeah, we got to figure out what we're going to call these, the series. <laughs> uh, we could call it the Dr. Renee series. No, <laughs> no. But, you know, this is a conversation that we're having, which for me is a long time coming. And you're actually going to interview me for this episode. That's right. So today we just had a little dinner, a business dinner, kind of regrouping after a long time of doing the locum circuit. And I'm going to let you take over the mic. I'm going to let you interview me for the first time ever on my show. I'm getting interviewed. You're in the hot seat. I'm in the hot seat. And I got some accountability things I got to talk about. So I'm going to let you take it from here. Okay. So what's good, Docs Outside the Box That's my intro. That's my intro. Anyway, what's good, Docs Outside the Box Nation? I'm taking over the mic. This is Dr. Renee, and welcome to another episode of Docs Outside the Box, where I have Dr. Nee Darko, the doc outside the box, in the hot seat. And we're going to be talking today about opportunity costs, in particular, how Dr. Nee feels that potentially you actually had some opportunity costs that you think you lost out on. Yeah, I definitely had some opportunity costs. So for those who are listening and want to know specifically what opportunity costs is. So I'm taking over the show. (laughs) So you don't need to tell me what the next line is. (laughs) But I appreciate it. But basically, opportunity costs, I pulled up a definition on the internet, which I thought was really a good way of describing it. But it is the loss of potential gain from other alternatives when one alternative is chosen. So basically, if you do one thing, then you can't gain from other things that you don't necessarily do. And so, Dr. Nee, you've been working a lot in the last nine or ten months or so yeah is that right i think even longer than the beginning of the year a little bit before the beginning of the year definitely hustle season started the beginning of the year but it actually really started october november of last year 
Yeah. So first of all, tell us what you've been doing and then we can get into how opportunity cost factors into this conversation. Well, besides producing this show, I still practice clinical medicine full-time. I'm a full-time trauma surgeon, acute care surgeon. So I take care of all the emergency surgeries that need to occur. But I was doing it, you know, working basically the equivalent of one FTE. So what that means is a full-time employee equivalent. So I work as an independent contractor. I make my own contracts. I pay for my own insurance. And I contract my services out to a hospital. And I've been doing two that. Two hospitals. Two hospitals. Yeah, two mm-hmm. hospitals. And I've been doing that, you know, since what, two, officially on my own since 2017. Now, I've done it in the past, but I went back to doing it completely on my own in 2017. And sometime late last year and definitely into this year, I really ramped it up where I was actually working two FTE, mm-hmm. the, basically the equivalent of two employees. So basically, you were working two full-time jobs. Yes. Right. And so as somebody who, you know, is known as being the doc outside the box, certainly being locums only is definitely a docs outside the box kind of move. But here you are and you're trading your hours for dollars. Tell me how you feel about that. (laughs) Well, I think that. I didn't say the questions were going to be easy, Dr. Nee. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is what most doctors would want, right? Basically, you are out there, you are eating what you kill, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, although I don't get, you know, a percentage of how much I charge in a hospital, I get based off of how much time I spend in a hospital. Right. And, you know, I've been able to really get good value on the hourly rate that I charge. I'm pretty happy with that. Mm -hmm. But it's still time for hours, right? It's still time away from family time away from you know the things that other things that i want to do in my life so opportunity cost definitely opportunity cost right Um, so so it's been good um, but also at the same time i think as the year has kind of gone on there's been a lot of like this struggle that i've been going through of i feel like i should be doing other things also so i feel like in some regards i kind of regressed this year you think you regressed a little bit? Yeah, I think I regressed because... In, some, in what ways? Well, you know, I pride myself on being the doc outside the box in quotes and so forth. But no, I take that seriously. Like, I have, you know, developed this balance of, you know, making sure that I'm working, but working in a way that I control my schedule and still bring in a comfortable salary, still being able to see family, spend time with family, and then also work on this podcast, and then also at the same time work on the locums company called Equal Access Health. So like right. those are all things that I've prided myself in. But late last year, you know, we got some news that we we're going to be making some big changes or having some big changes in our lives, including a huge move out of Pennsylvania. And I mean, long story short, I think I kind of panicked and said that, look, we need to stash as much money as we can. So and- it sounds like you kind of stuck with what you knew, right, was going to definitely make you the money that you needed. Right. And then as a result, some of the things that needed more cultivating, needed more like time, those kind of not fell by the wayside, but I kind of went into autopilot mode Mm -hmm. onto those because yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. I was spending a lot of time in the hospital and not really able to kind of 
take things the way I wanted to take things with the podcast. Right. So let's talk about that. So you run the podcast, obviously. Yes, the podcast now is a business. Okay. I think it's no longer just a passion project. Right. So the podcast is a business. And then you also have the Equal Access Health Locum Tenants business. That we run together, yes. That, yes, that we run together. And so you're saying that by doing all this clinical work, that the opportunity cost basically hit those two businesses, the podcast and the locum tenants agency. Yeah. yeah. So tell me what kind of opportunity cost do you think you incurred? Well, I think the big thing is, I think on a yearly basis, the podcast has grown, not just in the amount of downloads and the amount of people that we're reaching, but just in terms of the audacity of it, right? Mm -hmm. We have a book that's written. We continue to get really great guests. We continue to push the limits on the guests. But I think some of the things that I wanted to see is, I definitely wanted to see a summit, mm-hmm. whether it's virtual or actually physical summit. Mm-hmm. There's some other things just from a monetary standpoint, from a revenue standpoint that I wanted to reach with, you know, the podcast in general. Right. There's so the podcast is being monetized at this point. The podcast is being monetized. We have advertising, which is something I'm really proud of. It's, you know, anybody who's created anything, anybody who has a side gig and then has found out that companies want to reach out to them or to your project and find value in it and want to advertise and align themselves with that, that's going to be one of the most gratifying feelings, right? Right. Because you're creating something out of nothing, basically. And someone's saying, hey, I like what you're doing. And I like the following that you have. Started from the bottom, now we're here. What? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right? Even though, (laughs) well, anyway, let's not talk about Drake. but, (laughs) But yeah, you know, so that's a really great feeling. But I think you know, with me, you know me already. I'm not comfortable with the status quo. I always want to take it to another level. Right. So the biggest thing I think from an opportunity cost is all of that time doing double work in the hospital. Yes, you know, we're bringing in savings. We're reaching our goals from that standpoint. But I didn't have enough time to really focus on what's the next step for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And being stagnant, I think, is unacceptable. Particularly were in the you stagnant? Were you, were, okay, stagnant is a strong word. Okay. But I mean, in terms of just kind of just challenging myself and taking things further, I don't think I did that as much as I've done in the years past. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've made some big changes, right? We brought on a virtual assistant, Cheryl, mm-hmm. um, who basically is almost like an employee now, right? That's been a game changer. Right. You know, we have changed the design of the website, which I, at first, I didn't really believe that if you change the aesthetics of things, it kind of changes how people perceive you. But it's true. You went through kind of like a branding transformation. Yes. Yes. I went through a branding transformation, had to change, you know, and really be focused on what exactly is the purpose of the podcast. What's my purpose? Where do I see myself? And then also just there was a lot of behind the scene things that people can't see up front. But the way in which we book guests, the way in which we find guests, that has all been streamlined and changed. And I feel really confident about that. And obviously the course started this year also. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. What's the course? So the course is 10 days to podcasting. And it's a course where you literally take an idea of whatever podcast that you want. We get on 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, you have your podcast that's already set up with Libsyn and set up with, you know, Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast directory. You have five episodes already ready to go. You have your cover art. Whatever you think you need from equipment all the way to literally the episodes already being recorded and edited, we do that in 10 days. And it's not for everyone. It's definitely intensive. 
but it's something that I'm really proud of. So I feel like, yes, we haven't been stagnant, but there are still ways in which I think we can take things to another level. So in some ways, you hit some milestones, Mm -hmm. right? But then in other ways, you kind of fell short is what it sounds like. Do you think that taking the opportunity or doing the alternative of, you know, practicing medicine, going hard, you know, working way more than just one job, I guess. Do you think in some ways that even though you had some opportunity costs in the podcast, that it actually helped you to be more flexible in the podcast or be more efficient in the podcast? Yeah, I mean, actually, I didn't even think about it that way. But yes, I mean, because I was working so hard, working, flying from this town to this town, I had to really use the batching process. So for those who are listening, batching processes, you find a day or you find a sequence of things that you do and you try to get all of those done in a certain amount of time. So for example, for me, I tried to get all of my episodes for one month done, you know, in the beginning of the month or literally towards the end of the month. And I've gotten as far out as two months, three months. I have never gotten out as far as four months, but because I was so busy, like it forced me to become really efficient at getting episodes out. So that's kind of like, you know, if you do the same task over and over and over again, you become faster, you become more efficient, you become more productive at doing that particular task. Right. But with anything though, I mean, and anything that you want to do that you want to try and take, you know, into a different arena, if you want to go, you know, and become like, for example, for me, like I want to be able to, you know, ask people more difficult questions. I want to ask questions that most people don't think of things Mm -hmm. that will make people, you know, whoever comes onto the show think before, you know, they speak as opposed to just saying the more generic answers that Mm -hmm. they're used to going from podcast to podcast. That takes time. Right. Right. So sometimes being very efficient sometimes doesn't lend to being as creative as I want to be. But you have made some changes in terms of formatting, in terms of topical type changes, content. Yeah. I mean, so obviously we've incorporated you into the show a little bit more. We've incorporated conversation topics now. It's not just talking about doctors doing things outside of the box or featuring a doctor who's doing things outside of the box. I think we've kind of told that story already, Right. right? I think it's pretty plain that doctors can do cool things outside of medicine. But I think what's more important too, or just as important as just having these topics that are outside of medicine also, and just talk about it. And the whole thing when I even when I started the show was just to be able to have that conversation with your colleague be easier, right? Mm -hmm. Make it more of a, I don't want to say ubiquitous, but a lot easier to say, I'm interested in, or as Dr. Dre says, I love my patients, but I love myself also. Oh, Dr. Dre's going to have a field day that you just quoted him. Right. You know, so (laughs) that's ultimately the mission is to make it so normal to have these type of conversations. Now, do you think part of your opportunity costs included what your audience considers value from the podcast? Do you think that they felt that eh, we didn't really get that much value this year. Do you think that was part of the opportunity cost? That I don't know, but I think that I always have to assume 
what the audience wants, puts myself into a listener's ears. Mm-hmm. And I would think that eventually you would not want to hear the same things over and over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. So although you're hearing from different doctors, I do think that that story of doing things outside of medicine, specifically highlighting a doctor who's doing cool things outside of medicine, I think that story can get a little tiresome after a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, being able to ask questions that go beyond the surface, talk about maybe the mental thought process that goes into stepping outside. I think we can talk about that more. We can talk more about fears. We can talk more about things that make you very confident to take things outside of. So topics outside the box. Right, right. I think those are things that are also what the audience wants also. So it'd be foolish for me to sit here and say that, no, like I didn't hear anything about anybody saying this show sucks and you should do this. I haven't heard that, you know, but I get feedback. That's a good thing. But I get feedback from people, right? Who say, can you feature this person? Can you feature that person? Can you feature this topic? Right. Right. And I think if you listen carefully or if you look at it more critically, you can see that they're wanting more. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Okay. And you just feel like maybe the opportunity cost was that you couldn't deliver on that more. That I couldn't deliver on more. I wasn't able to respond to feedback as quickly as I wanted to. We've gotten a ton of requests from companies a ton of requests from different people who want to come on the show. And it's been really, I've been really slow to respond to everybody just because of, you know, just deciding to be in the hospital all day long. So, I mean, the fact that you decided to be in the hospital versus, let's say, going, you know what? I'm actually going to try to make the same or more revenue with this podcast. What was the, like, why did you choose the hospital? I know it's like what you know, right? Like, that's all I know, right? I know that that's what you know. And I know that that is something that is like, it's solid, right? That you can, I can walk into a hospital, I can take care of patients, I will get money for it. And, you know, basically that's the easy way out. But there has to be something about mindset in there that basically made you take that easy way out. Like, what was that? Well, I think that, you know, there's the growth mindset. And then what's the other mindset? There's a growth the mindset, mindset and a fixed mindset. I think we all struggle with both. I think we ebb and flow, right? You know, I think it'd be foolish for me to sit there and say that I'm 100% growth mindset all the time. I'm not perfect. We all go right, through this. Right. right? No, but I don't think anybody's growth mindset all the time. Right. So the growth mindset for the podcast is, is, the podcast can continue to grow and be a factor in, for the most part, every doctor's life, mm-hmm. every pre-med's life, and every resident's life, right? That's the growth mindset. The fixed mindset is, is can I really make money this year mm-hmm. off of that to do the things that we want to do personally? That was where the fixed mindset kind of came in and said, hmm. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do that. So yes, everyone... <laughs> That's where I feel like I kind of regressed a little bit. I felt like the show, I felt like me in general was making so much momentum with just a growth mindset of like, oh, I could do this. We can do that. Why not? And then when, you know, it came down to really just taking action, it was just like, wow, like, can I really do that with this show? I don't know. And I went back to what I know best. And as a result, I feel like I've lost out on a lot of opportunity. And this is not FOMO, Right. This is not FOMO, fear of missing out. This right. is literally like opportunities, emails that I've received that, you know, people have written me months before and I have not been able to get back in touch with them, you know, and it's a frustrating thing. 
Do you think that there's, so maybe not FOMO, but maybe, you know, like the fear of actual growth, meaning can I actually deliver on the things that people are asking me to do? No, no, that's not that. I've never had that. You know, people say it's like, it's almost like a fear of success. Yeah, right? it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no. basically. Yeah. No, no, no. Trust me. If I could spend the significant period of time really doing this and it was financially workable, I mean, come on. I think that's something that I wouldn't have a hard time, you know, really kind of falling into. But it's a good question. I think people actually do suffer from that. I don't think that's my issue. I don't think that's ever been my issue. It's just literally been like there's something that's coming up at the end of this year. And what's the likelihood we can get that much revenue, revenue, income, income mm-hmm. from that? So that's where that came from. And then also at the same time, part of me was just like, you know, this is an organic growth, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to be really doing? Like, if I get that much growth, would it really compromise the show, right? What do you mean by that? You know, the whole notion of, you know, if I put money into it or if I accept money into the show, would it dilute the show, right? Okay, I see what you're saying. That was what I struggled with like the first two years. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to take advertising. I want to keep it pure and all that stuff. And Right. Once I started taking advertising on the show, that helped the show to grow. Right, because then it becomes sustainable. It became sustainable. Yeah, so, and I think actually that's kind of like a fixed mindset, I think. Of I don't want to mm-hmm. accept dollars because then you're wondering like, well, why can't you change? Well, why can't you, right? you know, just put your foot down and say, okay, this is the way how the show is going to work. Just because people want to invest in the show doesn't mean that you have to change your show. Right. Absolutely. Now we talked a lot about the podcast. Yes. What about the Locum Tenens Agency Equal Access Health? Oh, that's easy, man. That's easy. There's like, there was so many hospitals that we could have contacted. There was so many more physicians, surgeons that we could have recruited that we did not get a chance to do. We've expanded, but not as fast as I think we should have. Right. You know? Right. But you know, the thing that I think the audience needs to understand is that me and you had this conversation late last year. Mm-hmm. You know, before we started this, I said, look, I, you know, we both talked. We said, look, I'm going to be on the road a lot. I'm going to be working a lot. And I know that there's going to be some things that kind of don't grow. And I think, you know, when you first start out with that type of conversation, I didn't really understand how much it would affect mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. until, well, about three months ago or two months ago, remember, we were driving somewhere and I had this conversation with you about ending the show. <laughs> yeah. Ending Docs Outside the Box. Yes, people. This was a real convo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can't he front. He was on the ledge. Yeah, I was like, maybe I should end the show. And I was show. like, take my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was real. But I literally was at a point where I was thinking that maybe I should end the show and just focus on just clinical medicine 100%. Because there was a lot of frustrating things that were going on with the podcast, the business, Darko Media Group. Or that, know. Well, were there things that were going on or things that weren't going on? Uh, that's a good point. Things that weren't going on. Right. That were frustrating me. But, you know, you brought it back to that conversation that we had and you were just like, look, you remember Mm -hmm. this is what you said was going to happen. Right. Hey, docs, there's a saying. If you don't have a seat at the table, then you're probably on the menu. Now's the time to define your future by being a part of the Physician CEO program. 
Physician CEO is a business immersion program developed by MBA faculty from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. You're getting an intensive MBA style education made up of modules that cover topics like leadership, entrepreneurial ventures, and everybody's favorite, branding. And guess what? This program is designed for busy physicians like yourself who don't have time for an MBA, but still want to be a better version of yourself. Trust me, the program gets you in focus from day one. So get those skills needed to lead a hospital or start a new venture. You're always going to ensure that there's an open seat waiting for you at the table. Don't miss this opportunity because class is filling up. Learn more at physician-ceo.com forward slash D-O-T-B. And then there was something else you said too, remember? If I went back to clinical medicine, what well, would happen? What I, yeah, I remember what I said to you. I remember I said to you that, look, when you were employed and just doing clinical medicine, right, you were unhappy with the fact that there were other things that you weren't doing. I eat a podcast. Right. So successful, but not fulfilled. Exactly. So if you want to go back to that, how is that the answer? <laughs> right. How is that the answer to making you fulfilled when you know that you're going back into, you know, a situation where you were unfulfilled? Yeah. Once or you at said, least underfulfilled. So then there was a pause moment, right? Pause. Right. <laughs> as uh, what's his name? Dame Dash as that pause. <laughs> you know, there was a pause moment where I was just like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Because going back to just pure medicine all the time not doing anything else. Yeah, you were underfulfilled. I was not fulfilled at all. I was yeah. not happy. So yeah. that ain't a choice, right? And then the other thing, you know, we thought about and I thought about even more is like, why did I have to go into two FTE for? That well, didn't make sense. I mean. But that tells you when I go hard, I go hard. <laughs> <laughs> and you ain't even from Brooklyn. I know, right? I go ham. <laughs> I went ham on Brooklyn, it. Brooklyn, we go hard. So... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that was another discussion that we had, right? Because, okay, so yeah, you could have opportunity costs by just, you know, going and doing one FTE's worth of work, but then using the rest of that time to then build out things with the podcast or things with the locum tenens agency. But what you did instead was you took on the equivalent of two full-time jobs which really didn't leave you time, right, to work on the things that you wanted to work on in the podcast and with the locum tenens company. Yeah, so basically what happened is is we found another hospital and we thought that it was going to work where we would put additional surgeons in this hospital. Mm -hmm. It didn't work and I had to end up putting yeah, all my extra time. you committed yourself. I had to commit myself. Yeah. So that was a big problem. I think that ended up being a mistake for us. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, either way, it just happened. Right. But, it wasn't necessarily the deal that we wanted. Right. It wasn't a deal that we wanted. We wanted it so that other surgeons can go and stay there. Right. But it, but it wasn't possible at this hospital. But you're right. I mean, I could have went down to one FTE. Mm -hmm. I could have even went down to 0.75. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I decided to go the complete opposite way. Yeah, you went ham. I went ham. Yeah. 
Wow. And that affected our family life. That was the next question I was going to ask you. So what opportunity costs do you think you incurred on the family side? Well, definitely when I was gone, you know, a week at a time, sometimes even two weeks at a time a month. There's that time spending with you, connecting with you that I missed out on. Yeah. Right. And obviously not spending time with my son. Mm -hmm. That was huge. And, you know, seeing him only by video chat, that was really tough. You know, not being able to put him to bed at night. Those things, those things weigh on you. Right. You know, those things really weigh on you. It lets you realize what's really important. Yeah. So, you know, you know that I always like I have this notion or this saying that I don't want my career to ruin my life. Oh, yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, there are people who see their careers as their, their life. life. Like this is, you know, whichever way you see to it, it's, it's fine. Right. To each his own. For me, my career is only a part of my life. What is your career for you? Well, obviously, when I first started out, my life was my career. Mm hmm. Equated being a doctor to like, this is who I be. This is who I am. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But I've realized that, you know, Nee is more than just a doctor. Mm -hmm. Right. Nee is a son. Nee is a husband. He's, you know, a father. He's a brother. He's a physician. He's a podcaster, you know, budding entrepreneur and so forth. You know, like all of these things make up Nee. Right. And trust me, it's going into 2FTE and working even harder. It wasn't me trying to say, well, this is who I am and this is what I do. You know, it wasn't that. It was just like, wow, like, I know how to do this. Let me do this well. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Right. Okay. So you basically kind of share my sentiment. You don't want your career in your life. No, I don't. Mainly because, long story short, yeah, I don't, you know. I think this year really taught me that, you know, you really yeah. start to see the effects that it has on family. And you're just like, wait, why, why am I doing this? First right. of all, why am I doing it this inefficiently? That's the thing that I think is the biggest key of all. This is why is this done so inefficiently? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I trading so much time for this? This makes no sense. Right. I think that's a lesson that a lot of doctors need to kind of take away from your own experience, right? It's like, well, how much time are you going to put in to be able to reach a financial goal? And if you're going to put in that much time, then what are the opportunity costs? Whether it be other passions, whether it be your family, you know, whether it be just other things, recreational that you want to do. And so I think it's something for doctors to really think about, you know, just the way that we work. Right. Do you think working in that way in any way, shape, or form has kind of taught you what to do or what alternative you will choose going forward? Oh, absolutely. Come on now. I mean, it's like literally like drinking. In other out words, would you do it again? No, nah, I would not do this again. I would not. I'll leave it to you like this. I wouldn't go as hard as I did again. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think I benefited really. We benefited with, we have some savings and so forth, but I think I could have done it a lot more efficiently. Mm -hmm. I could have been a lot more healthier. You know, it would have been less stress at home, I believe. And I think that, you know, maybe even dropping down time and decreasing our expenses even more, but we don't really have much expenses. I think just kind of just believing in what we can do and saving more, decreasing the time, really cultivating the things that I really want to work on. So you're saying that I won the argument in episode, what was it, 100 or 101? One of those episodes. <laughs> 
So if you're new to the show oh, or, you missed, or you missed the episode where Nee and I talk about his working an extra couple of shifts, that will give you some context into this conversation. But finish listening to this episode first and then go back to episode whatever it is, 100 or 101. We'll put it in the show notes for you. That's but, my line, um, actually. Huh? That's my line. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's really weird being asked all these questions. Right? Yeah, it's weird being in a hot seat, isn't it? It is. It is. The heat is on. I don't even have a book that's coming out or I'm not launching a core. <laughs> Right? Everybody's launching a course. <laughs> Everybody's writing a book. <laughs> writing a book. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right, though. I think you're right. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. And you're going to share with us basically what you thought the the next alternative was going to be for you. Well, definitely the next, it's not even the next alternative. What I am going to do right now is I'm taking some significant time off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking some time off to really refocus on time us. Time off from what? Time off from clinical medicine. Okay. You know, before people start, oh, like how much time off? It's really not that significant in the whole scheme of things. But, you know, there's talk of like having these mini retirements, which is not what I'm doing. It's not even a sabbatical, but I'm just taking some time off to really kind of think about what I want to do regroup over this next quarter into the end of this year and into next year and really focus on like, how do I want to work? And be very intentional about how I want to work clinically mm-hmm. and then how I want to work with the podcast and with the locums business. How all of this is going to work literally these next couple of you know days, weeks, or however long it's going to be is really pivotal to how the show is going to go and how my life is going to go, how our lives are going to go you know, into next year Okay, as we do our big, our big thing. Yeah. So it sounds like you're going to be putting more time, effort, and attention into the things that you felt you had opportunity costs lost. Right. From, I mean, like, like right, Saturday was my year. last day of working. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we set, like, okay, I'm going to work from, you know, and we're going to be killing it from November until this time in August. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden, like, I walk out the door and. That's it. There's no balloons. You know, there's no like party like, yo, you made it. You know, it's literally like, all right, see you later, Darko. Nobody gave you a pat on the back. Nobody gave me a pat on the back. What? And as a matter of fact, people were, cre- medicine, mon- you people were Monday morning critiquing back. me at Sunday at a uh, sign out. You know, oh, why didn't you take this golf? Like, shut up. You know, the usual <laughs> things that occur during sign out for surgery. Somebody you know? criticized you in medicine? Right. That you know? never happens. So, you know, it's just amazing how like, you know, I put in all this work and all this time, and it's just like, like, what? Well, you felt underappreciated as a doctor? Right. Right. It never happens. Right. But the cool thing, though, is the interesting thing is, is that I'm in complete control of this. Right. You know? And there was moments where I felt like I was out of control, that someone else was in control. And looking back, I have to say that that was only because I let that happen, right? As an independent contractor... I had the ability to say that I didn't have to work as hard mm-hmm. or I could have gone down to this one FTE right. or even less than that. So that's one thing that I always caution people who are going into locums, you know, that you make your money based off of when you work. That's it. There's no salary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you just have to be really careful about working too hard, overworking yourself, just trying to get that almighty dollar, right? Almighty it could really dollar. drive you to you know, work, you know, harder than you really should. So you just have to be really careful about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, okay. Well, then I have another question with regards to if you're going to be, right? Because this is about opportunity costs. If you're going to be taking on the alternative of, you know, podcasts and locum tenens agency, what's the opportunity cost for you clinically? You know, are you going to lose your skills? You're going <laughs> to lose your skills. Well, I mean, I like I said, I preface this by saying like... I love when people say that, by the way. You're going to lose your skills. Like, you will not have a particular set of skills. Yeah, I got Liam Neeson on them, right? I got a particular set of skills. I mean, I was concerned about that stuff in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over time, you just start to realize, like, there's just different ways that you can really get around that, mm-hmm. right? Like, I just finished working with someone who told me that every year they make sure that they get to Australia and New Zealand to go to some type of conference, right? you know? There are people who do medical mission work or they take a vacation. They make sure they do some type of sabbatical where they're doing some type of, you know, humanitarian work in a different country. Mm-hmm. So they're getting a chance to, you know, really kind of refresh and do that professional reboot that we talk about. But also at the same time, keep their skills. There's just so many different ways that you can, quote unquote, keep your skills. I got a little bit of a tangent. How long do you think it would take for somebody to actually lose their skills that's tough right it's hard to say because that all depends on how well they were trained in residency exactly right so if you have someone who's coming out of residency who wasn't really strong right then maybe the first couple of years didn't have skill to begin with well they didn't have skill to begin with but (laughs) someone who was pretty weak coming out or unsure about their capabilities coming Mm -hmm. out yeah those first two three maybe even five years are really important for them to hone down their skills where Mm -hmm. someone like for example me like i was like in really busy hospitals operating all the time or being in scenarios that were very difficult. And yes, even those years after fellowship were really important to kind of hone down some things. But I think it depends on the individual. Right. Right. Well, part of the reason, I mean, I know I'm kind of making fun of this a little bit, but part of the reason that I'm asking this question is because I don't know if there's a real fear of losing your skills or if there's more of a fear of being perceived as having lost your skill because you decided to not do as much medicine as the next person. And I think that, you know, if I'm being realistic, I think that a lot of doctors are afraid to take, you know, that leap of faith, you know, to pursue another passion because of the way that they're going to be perceived by their peers, by their colleagues. I mean, would you agree with that? The perception becomes their reality, right? Right. And what may be what they perceive may not actually be real. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. And then it's not until they see someone else living that life that they get upset, frustrated, and are just like, wow, why didn't I just do this move 10 years before? Right. No, I, I agree with you there. You know, because, you know, I do see a lot of threads. Obviously, I'm on a lot of Facebook groups with doctors doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But, you know, every now and then you'll have a doc who comes in who says, hey, you know, I think I'd like to do this, you know, thing for a year. And it isn't your traditional clinical path. And all of a sudden you'll get other docs coming on. No, 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 don't. You can't even take like three months off because you'll lose your skills. And it's like, okay, so you've trained for a long time. You you know, you got into medical knowledge. You've done your training. You maybe even have practiced. Maybe you're just getting out of residency. But are you going to actually lose it all? Like, is it that easy to lose? And I think sometimes that fear stops us 
right? From from just doing something else that we love. So, you know, it's very interesting that you're now saying, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to kind of take a break from clinical medicine and I'm going to pursue other passions. I mean, I put in like two years worth of work into one year, basically. Right. So what do you say to people who go, Dr. Nee, like, that's not a good idea. You're going to lose your skills. What would you say? Because you know there are going to be people who think that. If you had the censor button, I would actually, (laughs) I would use the censor button right now. You know (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, but basically, I would just tell them that, you know, like, I understand the sentiment, you know, but ultimately what they're doing is they're projecting their insecurities onto me or projecting their insecurities onto someone else. And I think that's where I have the problem because I'm like, listen, like, I think most people who do these things, they've taken the time to research it. They've taken the time to really understand the implications. And then someone else comes and says, well, you know, you shouldn't do this because you're going to, quote unquote, lose something like what lose what? You know, like there are so many different ways that if you, for example, were to take a year off that you can be, you know, reintegrated, inter- reintegrated back in the system. <laughs> the That's these things, program. You know, these things exist, you know, and they exist for a reason. You know, I'm not going to be anywhere near that because I'm not taking that much time off. But still, like, I think that that whole implication of, you know, I'm going to project my fears and my insecurities onto you. I think that's a huge problem. I think that keeps a lot of people from doing the things that they really want to do inside from of becoming medicine. becoming docs outside the box. Yeah, well, if it's in medicine or outside of medicine, mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it with people who just say, well, why are you creating a podcast? Well, why are you making a business out of it? Right. You know, why are you doing your own locums business? It's, right. It, <laughs> yeah. So just the projections. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on that because I think that's really important. And I think it's not just important for the people who are doing the projecting, but people on whom it's been projected to know that, you know, it's okay. You can pursue your passions outside of medicine and, you know, still be great at being a physician. So awesome. Well, I'll definitely have some time to listen to some new albums. So Burner Boys, (laughs) Burner Boys, his album is out. So I have some time to listen to his album. Yo, for those who are not on Afro Beach, yo, you need to be checking out Burner Boy. That's a great <laughs> album. Go cop that album, yo. Yeah, that's, that's his uh, new passion. <laughs> Maybe I'll become a, what do you call it? <laughs> Maybe I'll become An Afro a, Beach yeah, star? A, a musical artist. What do you think? Good luck with that. I, I got to cultivate that. What's the opportunity cost about me becoming a musician? You might not have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, Ghana's what? next music star. <laughs> <laughs> anywho, anywho, well, this conversation has been really interesting, really informative, and personally, for me, really inspirational. I think that the audience is going to take away a lot of what you said and realize that, one, there's more than one way to skin a cat, obviously, but two, that the steps that you've taken, you know, can be reproduced by them in some way, shape, or form, right? That you can be the doctor, but you can also be the whatever it is you want, the life coach, the, you know, the course creator, the whatever it is, the the author that you want to be. And I think it's been really informative talking to you about this topic. Well, thank you for interviewing me. I appreciate it. It's a lot different being on the other side. Yeah. It's a lot different. And I got really vulnerable. So... Yeah, and it's kind of hard interviewing, too. 
You think so? Yeah. It's, it's a, a hard little, job, right? Yeah. It's, it's uh, because you don't have the Bobby Brown microphone on. That's why. Oh, every little step I take. Yeah. No, 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 not, no. Well, that's my prerogative. He didn't have it in that video, did he? Well, he had it in my prerogative, did he? Yeah, well, yeah, he had it in my prerogative, but not in every little step I take. Whatever. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> I have the type of microphone that is like a headphone that also has a microphone on the side. So I call it like the Bobby Brown, if y'all remember Bobby Brown and the... Or telemarketer, whichever. Or tel- <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Anywho, now we're just shooting the breeze, but I'm going to shut this down and say thank you to Dr. Nee for getting vulnerable, sitting in the hot seat, being on the other side of the road. And any last words that you want to share with the audience before we go? No, I just hope that you guys continue to realize that we're all a work in progress, you know, and it's just important to be honest with yourself and understand that we're humans and there's just like this ebb and flow of growth versus fixed mindset and i think as long as we're honest with each other honest with ourselves listening to the show you know and continue to challenge ourselves we can really just continue to push ourselves more towards that growth mindset 100 percent. will we ever ever get that part i don't know but you know even i struggle with it so this was real and i wanted to share this with y'all because i think that it's important you know that you know, you guys continue to listen to the show. You spend an hour listening to the show, investing in the show. But it's also important that you understand, like, what kind of goes on behind the scenes also. Well, that's a great note to end on. And all I got to say after this is you only got one life. Let's make it count and live outside the box. Peace. Peace.